What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Century, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we're diving back into the mailbag to answer your voicemails. We're going to get into all that, plus some more, right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So, hey, thank you for joining. You can be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and we are just couple of days away from chicago bulls basketball as the chicago bulls open the preseason their preseason up uh against the new orleans pelicans now we did get some preseason games yesterday we're getting some more today um not a lot of starters played so temper your expectations i had thought that maybe we we could see a little bit of the bulls starters but with the way that preseason is gone uh we may not see the bulls starters really at all so we may get heavy looks at players like marco simonovich daylin terry uh we may get heavy looks at uh, uh Derek Jones Jr., Javante Green. Of course, we may even see some coaches onto Takupo, which even though he trained to tra- uh, sign a training camp deal, he can play in the in these games. So we may see some of him, some of Carlick Jones. Like uh, we'll see. We may be seeing a lot of the back end or what's going to be the back end of the Chicago Bulls bench. And why that's important though, why I do think this may it may be better than some people think if that is the case, right? If we don't see Zion, if we don't see Zach, if we don't see DeMar in this first preseason game is because it's going to allow us to take a look in some first time or for for NBA games, at least for the first time for players like Dale and Terry may uh, allow us to see Marco Simonovic. And if he has added to anything to this game, why he did not have the best Euro basket, he actually had a terrible Euro basket. Maybe Marco can get himself in rhythm like that. So we'll see what happens and how this shakes out, how the Bulls and the Pelicans plan to handle their preseason. Um, but with that being said, like, I just wanted to, to mention that because while I'm super excited about Chicago Bulls basketball coming back, it just may not be uh, the the starting lineup at all. We may not get our answers to who's going to be starting. We may not get anything like that uh, coming up right now. So so just be on the lookout, temper those expectations for that. But we'll see how that ends up going. But otherwise, super exciting time right now to be a Chicago Bulls fan. This is for basketball fans overall. We play New Orleans. It's 930 uh, Eastern time and my time on TNT. So it's going to be a late post game, late halftime hangout. But nonetheless, we're going to bring it to you any anyway. But I just wanted to say that let me know down below. How many minutes do you expect uh, the Chicago Bulls starters to play? If looking at any looking at the Milwaukee uh, Memphis game, we really didn't get to see any of their starters. So uh, Bobby Portis, and uh, Brooke Lopez did play, though, for the Milwaukee Bucks. But, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Let me know what you guys think on all that down below. But now with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the mailbag. And the first voicemail we're listening to, this one is from Jamal. What's up, hey? This is your boy Jamal back again. Another voicemail. We all know the, uh, you already know what my spiel is. All right, so you talked about what type of identity are the Bulls trying to create, um, you know, during this preseason and things like that and what you would like to see them. Let me tell you the type of identity I want them to have. I want them to have an identity that can't no team in the NBA fuck with us. Yeah. No, nah, but the all says this, so I want us to have an identity that we can't compete with these high, uh, higher-up teams, okay? I think last season was a culture shock to them because you got to remember a lot of these players outside of DeMar, maybe a little bit of Vooch and, you know, Alex Caruso and all them guys, um, Derrick Jones Jr., they, they, a lot of them had never been on a winning team. And even Derrick Jones Jr. and all them and them guys, yeah, they were on a winning team, but they weren't really getting any playing time. So, you know, now they know what to expect going into this next season. I think they got a little bit down with a lot of injuries that kept hitting them. Zach Levine wasn't 100%. DeMar had to carry the whole load for himself. 
you know, for most of the team and everything like that. Then Lonzo went down. We, you know, all Alex Russo went down. I think that was a, a, a bit of a culture shock to a lot of the, the young players because they had never seen that before um, and things like that. And I think too many people try to look at it from the perspective of, well, look at the Phoenix Suns. They never went to the final. They hadn't been in the playoffs. Then they get to the playoffs, and they make it all the way to the finals. Yeah, but look at them now. The next season, people had them being the favorites to come out the West, and they got knocked out in the second round by a team that had more playoff experience in the Dallas Mavericks. Um, again, I'm not trying to put too high of an expectation saying that we're contenders this season or things like that, but I also don't think that I should look down on us and say that we are a 38-win team. Shouts out to ESPN. Oh, and, and as far as the ESPN thing goes, I keep telling people, Chicago Bulls have to be damn near perfect for any major media to give us our respect. That is how it has always been with us. That's how it's going to continue to be. Derrick Rose won the MVP in 2011. What helped him win that was the fact that the Bulls had the by far best record in the entire league, not just in the East, in the league. For ESPN to give us some credit and everything, we're going to go have to go out there and show that all these new teams that came and got built together and everything don't mean shit compared to us because we have continuity and we've been playing with each other a lot longer and we understand each other. So that's just going to have to be something that the Bulls have to do is go out there and show all these new teams that came together. You're still not on our level, fam. But that's what I think. I'll holler at y'all later. Peace. First of all, I love the way that Jamal laid that out. First of all, give the Bulls their goddamn respect. Now, taking away from that, uh, you know, he, he, he mentions a, a bunch of things. The Bulls' identity, uh, the Bulls having to prove that they can compete with the better teams in the NBA. Yes, it's all those things are true. This team, as far as establishing that identity, what this team is going to look like, they have to they have to figure that out early and often, right? They, they are going to be tested. We have a tough uh, start of the schedule. The first month of the schedule is really, really tough for, for Chicago Bulls. And it kind of dies off a little bit, but it's even more consistent than what it was last season. We're not going to have that that long stretch of playing against teams that aren't projected to be playoff teams like we did last season. We're going to be thrown into the fire early and often for the Chicago Bulls. And so, yes, I do want to see them uh, develop that, that tough, dog mentality type uh, of, of identity. I wanted them to be that tough, even if they do lose. And we're not expecting them to win every game, but even if they do lose some of those games against the better team in the East, how do they fare? Do they compete better? Do they look like they belong a little bit better than they did last season? This identity of this team is going to be one of the things that makes the season. When you when you talk about the conversation around the Bulls, how they compete early and everything, it's going to inform the conversation almost for the rest of the season for the Chicago Bulls. So yes, they do need to develop that identity. They do need to prove that they can compete better with the uh, teams, but they also need to play with that chip on their shooter. They need to play better together. They need to create space and opportunities with ball movement. I want to see the Bulls be one of those teams that, while we know we have DeMar, while we know we have Zach, it's always going to be a concern for other teams on who's going to be the third player tonight that steps up. Is it going to be Voot some nights? Hopefully. Is it going to be Patrick Williams some night? Absolutely. Hopefully as well with that. Is it going to be Io some nights? Yes. Is it going to be Drummond killing people with rebounds and putbacks? That it just they he demoralizes teams by just getting those pit back in situations where hey we played good defense they missed the shot but Drummond just got it and scored on us like that those type of things we need to always have that third player that's gonna step up that may be unexpected and I think if the Bulls can do that Alice Cruz or if he has a good hot shooting night Kobe he can go off at night like these are the type of things that we need to see from this team and overall it has to be consistency from every player on the team. We need consistent, whatever your role is, whatever your productivity for this team 
is you need to be consistent in that. Does that mean that there's still going to be some nights where Zach just doesn't have it shooting? Are there going to be some nights where Kobe's shot can't fall? Yes, those are going to happen. It's basketball. Anybody who's watched the NBA long enough knows that those things are going to happen no matter how good or not or, or not the player is. But over the course of that, like, are you more consistent than last season? Have you now, with continuity, with that bet on that, how does that really help this Bulls team? Like I said, the player that needs to benefit the most from continuity is Nikola Vucevic. Him talking about how he was playing a different role, how he played outside of his game, and the level of awareness of that is all great. But if it doesn't translate to anything meaningful on the court, it almost doesn't matter. He needs to be the one that benefits the most from a season of continuity, especially if he does get this extension, as we've had a couple of extensions over the last 24 hours announced across the NBA. Um, so with that being said, yeah, hopefully we we do see that with with uh, the Chicago Bulls and as they look to build that identity, play better against against better teams, things like that. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm I'm hopeful right now. Everything that we've seen from training camp, all the videos. Yeah, it's easy to get hyped with that. I will admit that, but it just something just seems different. Something seems a, a little bit of a confidence, and maybe that is having everyone healthy except Lonzo Ball. That just the bounce that everybody has in their step. Demar just continuing to be the person who wants to continue to just prove these people wrong. All those things and being factors for this team uh, this upcoming season all matter, and I hope that this team continues to do those things and they show it now. The Bulls getting respect. Do they have to be damn near perfect to get respect per Jamal's thing? To a degree, yes. To a degree, yes. And I don't even think it needs to be necessarily perfect, but we can't have the time where we show up. Because keep in mind, a lot of these analysts, they watch, they, they, they're they giving notes, right? They're not, they don't watch every game. They're giving notes from their production staff or whatever. And then outside of that, a lot of them as well, they don't watch every game if it's not nationally televised. The Bulls have to have better showings. If we want that national uh, conversation to change around the Chicago Bulls, which I don't even worry about. I use it as full of ammunition. DeMar's already called it free energy, so I don't care. But if we want that to change, if we're going to look for that to change, the Bulls have to show up better on national TV. They have to beat the better teams in the East. They have to have those type of showings for that conversation to change, even if they aren't perfect. Now, with that being said, though, I think people also forget that there was still doubt. Even Derrick Rose's MVP season, there were still people that were like, he's not that good. I remember John Hollinger specifically was completely down on, on Derrick Rose, even when the time where it seems like almost everybody at least universally in the NBA fans were very high and were in love with Derrick Rose so there's always going to be some doubt in that no matter what until you win a title and sometimes even then you still get a lot of doubt thrown your way because it's just always the it, it makes the conversation better and that's why I don't really look for a lot of things from the national media I don't give a damn I don't give a, a flying f about it if I'm being quite frank with people but it is what it is with that let the national media talk we're going to use it as free energy and that's part of our, our identity as well every little bit of doubt we prove those doubters wrong like I said before that game in which Zach Levine walked over to Stephen A. Smith and said I know you want us to lose tonight but it's not going to happen that's the I that I want that a form of of that type of identity for the Chicago Bulls. But thank you for the voicemail, Jamal. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Ace. What's up, Ace? It's Ace calling again, man. It's it's the weekend before the tip off, so I'm a little extra excited. So I'm gonna call in with two this weekend. Um, thinking about the Philadelphia 76ers, man. I had Joel and B tear us apart. We haven't beat them motherfuckers since I don't know how long. Like like. Joel and B basically owns us at this moment. And I was like, man, how how can we stop this dude from doing what he's been doing to us for so long? And then I was like, Nikola Vucevic has got to do something. And I was like, okay, well, let me see if I can pull up something where Nico at least was kind of successful against Joel and B. And I found something like three years ago, 2018, 2019, uh, Nikola Vucevic had a triple-double against Fooch. 
And he was just, he was, he, it was Orlando Magic, though. He was being aggressive, like he said he should be doing uh, in his last interview. They were going down low. They started low in the paint, but he was just going right at the guy and then opening up for him to shoot a few threes later on in the game. But my take on this is that in order for us to at least have some type of, uh, man, even a chance to beat Philadelphia, how they've been beating us the last few years, they got to go through Vooch. They got to go and make Vooch attack this dude. They got to try and get him in foul trouble. They got to do something to take Joel and B out of the out of the situation. Man, James Harden, I ain't worried about him. You know, he's gonna shoot some dumbass shots. I think Zach is better than him at this point at this point in their careers anyway. But with that being said, uh, Vooch has got to be aggressive against Joel and B. Let me get your thoughts on that. I don't know if you got time to pull it up. I know it's Friday. I'm about to go have a good time. But uh, man, uh, I'll let your boy. I'll talk to you later. Peace. All right. So one of the biggest things that are, are, are like looking at the Bulls, like Joel Embiid has killed us the whole time he's been in the NBA. And while I understand it may, being like, hey, we need to figure out a way to battle Embiid. I've always said this with great players like Embiid. There's no stopping them one on one. Even with Vooch, like Vooch can put up 30 points against Joel Embiid and let Embiid put up 32. Like it, it like that doesn't mean we need to stop everything else around Joel Embiid. And I think Fully healthy, we have the defenders to do, so we'll see the leaps that other players take and what the team defense ends up looking like. But to really beat the 76ers, it's going to be more than just matching Joel Embiid one-on-one. Like, it's going to be more than that because we really don't have the player that can defend Joel Embiid. We just don't. Like, could Drummond do it, adding some size? We'll see, right? I still don't like – Joel Embiid is just that type of player to where his game and his offensive bag is so – versatile that it's kind of hard to picture any way anybody stopping him, right? Because even if you do stop him from penetrating, going down low, things like that, he still he has the dribble, he has the shot. Like it, it it's Joel Embiid is, is almost a cheat code in a way. Like, but like I said, that doesn't mean that the 76ers aren't beatable. The 76ers are very beatable, but you have to play great in almost every aspect of the game if Joel Embiid is going to go off. The thing that I always remember that just makes me want to just d- destroy the 76ers at some point is the last season when they were in Chicago. And Joel Embiid basically just down that stretch completely took that game away from us. And he was waving. He 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 talked shit to the kid that was like that w- was a Bulls fan that was clearly upset the Bulls were losing and doing that little wave and smile at him like that. That is what did it to me. We gotta kill them. Like I I really want to see the Bulls compete better against the 76ers. I look at that 76ers team as one that Maxi is gonna be a beast. Like I like a lot of the pieces on that team, but. They are still very beatable. This Bulls team will have to be locked in. We're going to need big games from big players to do so. But I think it's more than just the Vooch and Bead matchup and winning that matchup. It's almost everything but that. Like, let's just be clear here. Vooch is not the defensive player to do to stop Joel Embiid. So almost no matter how many points Vooch puts up against Embiid, Embiid's going to be able to do just as much with him, if not more. So it's really stopping everything else around that, playing that solid defense, things like that. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but I definitely want to see the Bulls, again, as I said in the last voicemail, face better against the top competition overall. But a big part of that as well, I want to see us beat the 76ers. Let me know what you guys think on that one down below. All right, next one, this last voicemail, this one's from Shay. What's up, Hayes? This is Shay. You know, I was having a debate with a couple of Bulls fans today, and they said that, you know, Heinrich is not considered very valuable in Chicago Bulls history. And I'm here to tell a lot of people this. I I credit Heinrich for being not only a good backup to Derrick Rose, but being the reason why Derrick Rose became a monster. Now, hear me out. Heinrich did play a big part in young Derrick Rose's development. Because when you look at young Derrick Rose, if it hadn't been for his injuries, he would have got a lot better mentally as a player. And then when you think about it, 
that rookie year and Derrick Rose's first season, first season, you could see Heimert really did play a big role in helping him become a much better player mentally. Kind of like how Jimmy Butler, kind of like how Lou Aldine did with Jimmy Butler. Anyway, tell me what you think. All right, Shay talks, and I love it. I, you know what, honestly, guys, and this is what I'm going to say, right, before I get into this. Please, much like Shay is doing here, bring in anything Bulls related that you want. I love talking past Bulls thing. I've been a Bulls fan my whole life. So especially when you talk about like some of the things, especially that Kirk Heinrich, Derrick Rose, Ben Gordon, like the 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 era that we had from like drafting Elton Brand to like the D- D- Derrick Rose injury era, like is some of my favorite time to talk about because you know that it was a lot of stress, a lot of triumph, a lot of everything in that in that uh in that uh that era of Chicago Bulls. If we're gonna say that, but with that being said, like Kirk Heinrich's importance in Bulls history, I do think Kirk Heinrich is, is one of those players that is kind of easy to overlook how much he did for this team. He holds so many Bulls records. Um, but like Kurt Heinrich is a is a player that I'm always going to appreciate. Like uh, what he did for this team, um, to, to Shay's point, helping mentor uh, Derrick Rose and things like that. Like I remember the time that Kurt Heinrich after we left Ben Gordon transformed his body over the course of one offseason to actually be able to play next to Derrick Rose instead of backing him up. To, he turned himself into a shooting guard, which he was always a combo guard, always able to guard both guard positions. But like, he really put in the work to transform his body to be able to play next to Derrick Rose because he realized that that's what the team needed. And I think a big part, too, if you talk about what Kirk Heinrich's importance is in Bulls history, if you remember correctly, the offseason that we made all those changes, that we got the bench mob, that we brought in Carlos Boozer, that we brought in Ronnie Brewer, that we just really transformed this team, the season, the offseason before Derrick Rose became the MVP when we thought we had a chance of getting Dwayne Wade, uh, Chris Bosh, and, and, um, and LeBron James, one of those guys. That when we did have to move Kurt Heinrich, the one thing that was said and that was like, hey, and it, we know Ryan Dorf loved Kirk, but like he said, the one player that I regret that we didn't have on the team is Kirk. I wish we would have found a way to keep him. Kirk Heinrich was is one of those players that it's always going to be easy to overlook him because what he does and how he goes about his business on the basketball court, he made it look effortless in a lot of ways. He defended players that he had no business defending when you look at like how small he was at times. Like Kirk Heinrich was a dog. And I think sometimes we don't think of him that way, but he really was like, like his defense alone, like the, the shooting ability, like the fact that Kirk just always found a way to be productive, no matter what form this team is. Kirk Heinrich was one of those guards that literally could play. I still think could very well play in this era. I think his three point shooting would be even bigger in this era. But yeah, then let's not overlook the importance of Kirk Heinrich. It's great. Like he came like, look at it this way. Like after Jay Williams, like we drafted Kirk Heinrich the season after that. And then he was here for a little while, and then we drafted Derrick Rose. Like, and so Kirk, like leaving and coming back, and like always being a part of like this Bulls team and, and our successes that we've had over the last little bit of time. Like, I'm, I'm struggling to think. Like, did we have a playoff team without Kirk Heinrich on it before this recent team? Like, oh yeah, yeah we did because Jimmy and then made the playoffs too. So yeah, fix. I answered my own thought there. But like, Kirk is just always going to be an important Bull. He holds Bulls uh, histories and. Kirk's always a player that I thought eventually would maybe get into coaching or maybe get into a front office position here eventually in the Chicago Bulls. And don't be surprised if it does happen at some point. But yeah, let's not overlook the importance of Kirk Heinrich. Kirk Heinrich is a very important factor in Chicago Bulls history, an important player overall in that. So thank you, Shay, for sending it in. I love talking about old Bulls players. Let me know down below what do you guys think and how do you remember Kirk Heinrich. But that is it for today's episode. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and a voicemail, number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all.
This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.